Luke chapter 8, talking about Mary Magdalene. And last week we talked about the, the center of Mary Magdalene's story is Jesus. The center of all of our stories is Jesus. And tonight I want to talk about names and the importance of names. Luke chapter 8, if you look at me, with me right in your notes, notes, Luke chapter 8, soon afterward, he went, now when it says he, who do you think it's talking about? It is talking about Jesus. Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, remember, I've told you what the kingdom of God is a bunch of times. I want to remind you what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is where God gets to have his way. Where God gets to be God. And Jesus gets to be king. And the kingdom of God is where God's perfect will and God's perfect plan happen all the time. And Jesus has jumped on the scene and he's saying that the kingdom of God is here and present and ready now. Which means those of you that are sick can be healed. And those of you that have demons, they can be cast out. So Jesus is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. It says, and the 12 were with him, the 12 apostles, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. For instance, Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out of her body. And then there was Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others. Look at some of these descriptions of different people. Look, now, if you're one of these three women right here, and let's just pretend that we're all women for a minute. Let's just pretend. If this is, this is your options, you can be Mary Magdalene. And look at the descriptions we're working with here. You got Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, who was married to a guy named Chusa. Or Susanna. That's your options. And it looks to me like Mary seems to possibly be the most infamous of the three. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Now, more than likely, you've probably heard of Mary Magdalene before. You've probably heard her name. And when you hear names... What I've noticed what we do is never do we associate a name with simply letters. Like when you say, do you know Bobby? Y'all notice Bobby's becoming part of my youth ministry, right? Do you know Bobby or do you know Melissa? We don't just simply think of these letters, just these random letters that have been placed together in order to form vowels and consonants that will form uh, phonemes. I'm just kidding. That will, that will form words and syllables. That's not the way that we think of somebody. When we hear a name, we associate a person with it. We associate a face. Or we associate a personality. Or we associate the things that we know about that person. And that's what happens with Mary here. It says, Mary, you know the Mary. The Mary from which seven demons were cast out of. And when people think of you, they don't just think of the name Joel. They don't just think of these, these four letters. But when you think about Joel, you think of probably he's a children's minister. He's the middle school minister. He's married to Lindsay. He's got three kids. He's dumb. And that's okay that you think those things. No, but you, we, don't, we don't just have names carry with them weight. And they carry with it the weight of a reputation. And for Mary Magdalene, her reputation preceded her everywhere she went and it was remember that Mary the crazy lady who had seven demons and Jesus cast them out of her and that's how people remembered her 
Names are incredibly important. Names are vital because not only do they identify who we are, but they associate us with the type of person that we are. When I, was, uh, when I first got here to uh, Kingwood, my very first night, I walked in the door, and some of you Kingwood Christian school kids will recognize this. I walked in the door, it was, over, it was uh, this October the 1st, will be 10 years ago. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? It'll be 10 years ago. How many of you were here that night? How many of you were here my first night? About two of you. Jacob, you probably were two, weren't you? Two, three, and you were, I'm not sure you were alive. So there were, uh, there were, but Heather and Katie and Jacob, anybody else? And Landon, you think you were here? Landon, how old were you 10 years ago? Were you 10? Are you already 22? Wow, okay. Were you in here? Were you in here my first night? He wasn't? Katie said you weren't. She don't like you. So, <clears throat> So that night I walked in the door, and uh, some of you will remember this. Some of you who have only been here over the last three or four years, this is going to surprise you what I'm going to say. But we used to have a stage, and it was over there in that corner right there. It was over there in that corner, and uh, I would lead worship. I used to lead worship in here, and we had all of these. So it would come out to about right here. It was, a, it, was a, it was a stage that came around in a circle. And we had all these different platforms, and, and we had the drums were up in the, up in the middle right here, and then we had like guitars and bass and piano and stuff, and, and then we had this stage, it was about this high right here, it was this high. I never will forget about the second year, um, so, it was, so it was like right here, about the second year, Lauren Robertson used to always, some of y'all know Lauren, you will know if you saw right now, but Lauren used to always stand right, I mean I would just be right here, and Lauren would be right in my face right here. And one night I said, I said, uh, let me give you a tattoo. And she said, okay. So lift up your arms. And I wrote, I love under one arm and jeer me under the other arm. And just laughed about it. I thought it was so funny until she came up and worshiped just like this in front of my face. <laughs> and I couldn't. It was so hard for me to lead worship because all I could see was I love Jeremy in my face on her armpits. But, but uh, the first time I walked in here, I preached from up there and I preached um, a series on worship. And... Uh, the very first night I walked in, and there were, there were a handful of people in here, uh, probably just a little bit less than are in here now, but pretty close to the same amount. And we were, had these round rows right here. And I walked in, and I didn't know any human. I didn't know anybody here. I hadn't met anybody yet. And uh, do you all remember this? Katie and Heather and Jacob, I said, I, said, I want to know you guys. It's important to me to know you guys. I want to know your names. And, and if you'll let me tonight, I had, a, I had one of my uh, friends who was helping me that night. His name was Patrick Weber. Do you all remember Patrick? Anybody remember Patrick Weber? Patrick, had, Patrick only had one leg, and he had a prosthetic on this leg. And I never will forget one night we were playing. We, were, we did a lock-in back, back when I could stay up all night. We did a couple lock-ins. Um, and one night we did a lock-in next door in the gym, and uh, we were playing this game called Amazon Women. And Amazon women is this. All of the boys come to the middle and, and get in the tight as they can, and they hold arms and legs and just get as tight as they possibly can. How many of you played Amazon women before? So most of you have played it before. You get as tight as you possibly can, and then the girls come in, and they try to rip you out of the circle. Well, I never will forget. I looked at Patrick. I said, loosen your leg. And he went, okay. And I will never will forget. All of a sudden, this girl comes in, and she rips his leg off, and she goes, ah! She was so, like, she ripped his leg off. So... Patrick was helping me. I said, Patrick, I said, uh, here's what I want you to do tonight. We're going to set up a line, and we're going to take everybody's picture here tonight, and I'm going to write their names down, and, and, uh, and I'm going to tell them I'm going to memorize. So I said, if you'll, if you'll help me this week, I said, next week, if you'll wear the same clothes, you can wash them in between, but wear the same outfit. I'm going to know everybody's name in here. Every single one of you, I'm going to memorize your name. 
And uh, that week, I've made my cue cards, and I memorized everybody's name. And here's what I told him. I said, if I don't know your name by next week, then I'll buy a pizza, and I'll come bring it to you at school and eat lunch with you, which I thought was a great deal. I would get to hang out with them if I didn't know their name and know their name even better then. So I memorized everybody's name, and here's the reason that I did it. I did it because there was a guy, his name was Dale Carnegie, and Dale Carnegie said, the greatest sound to a human's ears is hearing the sound of their own name. I like when people know me. Don't you like when people know you? Don't you like when somebody comes up to you? And, don't you feel bad when somebody knows your name and you don't know their name? Have you come up with ways that you can get around that before? You're like, hey, man, hey, guy, hey, girl, girl. And so I said, I want to know it because I think that names are important not only to us, but I think that names are important to God. So much so that the Bible says that he writes, when you give your heart to Jesus, God writes your name. He tattoos your name. He imprints your name upon his own body. You thought that was funny? You like that, Megan? God has your name as a follower of Christ written on his body because it's your name. And, and what I'm guessing is he has a special name for each one of us. He's got a nickname for each one of us. And it's better than all the nicknames that I give. It's a good nickname. It's this beautiful nickname. When you hear it, you go, like if you're a dude and, and, you're, and you're just like, I want a big old, just awesome, just big, huge, awesome name. And God's like, you're going to be Rambo. And you're like, yeah. And some girl, you're like, I just, I just love Jesus. And I'm just so sweet. And I think he's precious. And, he is pre and your name, you know, he's just like, your name's going to be whatever that would be, like, like, like princess. Your name is princess. And uh, that's what he gives us. And because... Because God thinks our names are important. He thinks that they're important enough that he knows every single one of our names. And names are a big deal to God because names represent something. Names aren't just a handful of letters that are put together. But whenever you think, think about it. Think If I tell you, to, if I say, think of your best friend right now, tell me his name or tell me her name. Immediately, you don't think of letters. You don't just look at a word on a piece of paper. You think of an experience, you think of a person, you think of a personality, you think of laughing with him or her, you think of uh, uh, y'all going and watching a movie or something, you think of hanging out, you think of spending the night, you think of all those things. That's how you think of somebody, because a name represents a person. And with Mary Magdalene, everywhere that she went, she was known as Mary, the one who seven demons had been inside of. Can you imagine that being your description? When I was in, uh, I'd just gone into my very first year uh, at a middle school. No, junior high school. Back then we used to have junior high schools. It was seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And I actually went in my eighth grade year, and I was out on the playground, and I'd heard this rumor about this kid. His name was Jonathan something. I can't remember what his name was. His name was Jonathan something. His name was not Jonathan Garcia. But his name was Jonathan something. And there was this rumor going around that Jonathan in eighth grade had snuck in the girls' locker room and snuck in one of the lockers and had watched the girls uh, in the locker room. That was the, that, was the, that was the rumor that was going around. He'd snuck in there and he had gotten caught. And what was so weird is I knew that it couldn't be true because he was still at our school. But somebody just decided they were going to spread a rumor about this kid. 
just out of nowhere. And people like to hear rumors so much that it spread like crazy all over the place. And I heard about it. I remember hearing about it from my friend Josh. And Josh said, dude, you hear about Jonathan? Like, I don't even know who Jonathan is. I'd just gotten there. I hadn't even been there but a few months. He said, man, this dude Jonathan snuck in the girls' locker room, and the girls were changing out for PE, and he was watching them through the locker, and he got caught. It's like, why? That's crazy. You can do that? That's terrible. And um, said, yeah. Said, yeah, dude. I said, well, who is this guy? I want to know who he is. I don't even know who that guy is. And he said, see that dude over there? We were at PE one day. We we're at PE. And I was, uh, my nickname, at, 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 my, nickname my, my name wasn't Jeremy in, at my school in Florida, at my junior high. My nickname was Bama because I was such a redneck. I, was the, I had the strongest accent. I'd be like, Really, man? Tell me about where Jonathan, where did he hide? So, what, what was he doing for real? And uh, he said, see that dude right over there? It's, it's, that's Jonathan. And I went, I went, that's Jonathan? And I just decided, I don't know what it was about it. I decided I wanted to go meet him. And I went up to that guy and said, hey, what's up, man? My name's Jeremy. What's your name? And he goes, man, you don't need to know. Because he was, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, he was so embarrassed of his name. But it wasn't his name he was embarrassed of. He was embarrassed of what was associated with his name. And it wasn't even true. It couldn't have been true. How can you get caught in the girls' locker room and not at least get suspended? I think you probably get expelled. And he was still at school. It wasn't even true. I found out later it wasn't even true. But it's crazy. Just somebody decided to spread a crazy rumor. And I said, man, what's your name? He said, you don't need to know. And I just decided to play along like I didn't have a clue. He's somebody was like, what are you talking about? I don't need to know. I'd like to know. I don't guess I need to know, but I'd like to. What is your name, man? I'd like to greet you by name. <laughs> he said, man, I'm not going to tell you. What do you mean you're not going to tell me? Are you, let me know your name. He said, no, nah, man, you don't need to know my name. And he walked off. And we played, we ended up playing a game of handball tennis. Somehow they had tennis courts down there. And we, we played handball tennis. And every once in a while, I'd score, and I'd be like, what's up then? God don't know his name? And he would never tell me his name because he was so embarrassed. He didn't want me to know what his name was. Not that he didn't want me to know his name. He didn't want me to know what was associated with his name. Because names carry with them more than just a handful of letters. But they carry with us a personality. They carry with us experiences. They carry with us memories. And there are some of you in this room right now that have built a reputation and your name now means something to your friends. And it's difficult when you make decisions, especially in the summer. A lot of us will make a commitment or a decision. We'll try to change who we are. We'll try to change who we've been. And you can change. God has this ability to change us instantly. We can have done dumb stuff over the last few years. And God has this ability to say, that's not who you are anymore. In fact, the Bible says that you become a new creation. The word there means a species that has never before existed. You get to become a new person, new inside and out. But what doesn't change is people's opinion of who you were. And it's easy for us to go make a decision. I shouldn't say too easy. I mean, it's tough sometimes. But it's much easier for us to make a decision or a commitment or a change in our life. And then we go back to school and we're faced with the reality that nobody knows our name has changed yet. Nobody knows our experience has changed yet. Nobody knows that the commitment that we made for God to live for him and to not live for ourselves anymore has changed. Nobody knows that yet. 
They still know us as Bobby or they still know us as Melissa, the same person who we were just a few months ago when we were in school. And it's so hard for us to change because the moment we hear people talking about who we used to be and the experiences we used to have and relating to, to us the way that they used to, we get pulled back into this, this old person. And can you imagine how hard it was for Mary on a regular basis to be called Mary Magdalene, the one from whom seven demons were cast out of? And it had to have these moments in her life where every once in a while she would say, are they really gone? Are they, really, are they not still in there? Are they, I mean, every once in a while I have a dark thought. Is that, are they back? And I think one of the reasons that Jesus let her hang out with him so much is because he wanted to continue to confirm over and over and over again, Mary, you don't have seven demons anymore inside of you. You're Mary, and that's it. There's this theory in um, psychology. It's called labeling theory. It's pretty crazy, but I think you'll believe it when I read it to you. It's labeling theories. It came out in about the, somebody made it up around the 1970s, and it basically says this. It's this series, this theory... It's this theory of how the self-identity, who we are and how we view ourselves, the self-identity and the behavior of individuals may be determined or influenced by the terms used to describe or classify them. If you get told long enough that you're a dumb kid, labeling theory says eventually you're probably going to become a dumb kid. If you get told long enough that, all, that you, all you do is act up. God, all you do is act up. Can you just ever have a good day? Are you? Then that's the person that you're going to become. If you get told over and over and over, this is who you are, eventually you begin to believe, I guess this is who I am. I guess this is who I, I, guess, I guess this is me. That's why a lot of times we have different groups in school. Because at a very early age, we identify with a certain group. When I was growing up, we had, the, we had a lot of that. We had groups then, too. There were, I went to a school, we graduated with about 200 people. My high school was close to 1,000. And we had, I went to a school called Hazel Green High School. We had, we, had, we had just a handful of groups. Our groups were real simple. There was kind of the artistic crowd. And they were kind of just different and weird and played instruments and things. Like, instruments? God, weird. Then there was the, uh, I remember there was, was kind of like the cheerleading crew and the crew that hung out with the cheerleaders and what, what, what we called back then was the jocks. I guess we called them the athletes or whatever, kind of that group. There was another group that just was the rednecks, and there were a lot of them. <laughs> Drove big, huge trucks and dipped, and they thought it was cool to dip in class. And it was a rite of passage. It was a rite of passage if you could swallow your own dip spit without having to spit it out. You were a for real true redneck if you could sit through class and dip and swallow your own spit without getting sick. There was all kind of different. And what would happen is you would identify with one of those at a very early age. And then that's who you were. There was the Christian group. I had this one friend that was, was pretty much the leader of the Christian group. His name was Richard. Richard wore a Christian t-shirt every day of high school for four years. A Christian t-shirt I mean it was just like he was just like a Jesus billboard just be like and that was who he was 
And so we have these names of who we are, but our names are associated with who people think that we're supposed to be. And so often we live into that person because that's who we're told we're supposed to be. And sometimes it becomes a moment where you go, I want to break out of this. I want to change. I want to do something different. But our relationships are drawing us back into it because they're saying, no, this is who you are. This is the group you belong to. This is the person that you've always been. And this is the person you're going to be. And it's strong and it's tough. And Mary had this crazy label over her that said she used to have seven demons living in the on, on the inside of her she had to have this nickname mad mary or crazy mary or psycho mary she had to have you ever seen somebody that's just crazy you're like this guy's crazy there and what do we usually say about him that dude he's got to be high so we always say that guy's got to be high i remember this kid his name was lee in my high school he was crazy every once in a while we had this uh, staircase that came down the middle of the the middle of the um from the second floor right in the middle of the main foyer at my high school come down the, from the second floor to the first floor and you could see it pr from a lot of different areas and every once in a while lee would just be walking and he would just go like this Bleh! and you just start rolling down the steps like what is wrong with lee's freaking nuts man that guy's high that's what I thought I was like man I know he's smoking stuff I was so naive I still am I didn't know anything about drugs back then I was like man that guy is smoking things he's smoking cocaine <laughs> I looked him up he and I have been friends on Facebook now for several years and I, it's impossible for me to he's got a family he's like normal looking but it's impossible for me to look at him and not see the guy that used to go down steps. It's just impossible. I go back and I'll look at some of my friends on Facebook. You guys will do this. Those of you who are like, I hate Facebook. You're going to like it one day because you're going to get old and that's where you're going to keep in touch with your friends. So it's impossible for me to look back at my old friends and immediately when I see a name, I throw them into a category. I throw them into who they are. Had a friend named Adam. I looked him up as one of my friends one day, and I remember, I remember him immediately. He drove a Jeep, an awesome Jeep, and I coveted it. One day, Adam and I were good friends, and he had just gotten his Jeep, but it was the middle of the winter, and he said, the first day of spring, I don't care how cold it is, March the 21st, I'm picking you up in the Jeep. We're taking the hard top off of it, and we're riding to school. Well, look, March 21st can be cold. So he had another friend of mine named Eric, and Adam, Eric, and I were going to ride to school. But Adam was a Adam was like an honor student. He was I think he ended up being like the salutatorian. He was just a he just was a really straight laced, good, preppy looking kid with his polo shirt tucked in in his in his khaki pants. And uh, and he said, "Dude, I'm gonna pick you up on the uh, first day of spring in the Jeep." I said, "Dude, I'm in." I wake up the first day of spring. It is freezing. It is so cold, scraping, uh, uh, what you call it, off of the windshield. And I said, well, uh, I, yes, ice, <laughs> scraping ice off the windshield. And I said, man, it's, it is so cold. And Adam calls me on the phone, not the cell phone, the phone phone, the home phone, the one that's tied to the wall. He says, hey, man, you still good to go? I was like, yeah, man, I'm so in. I got as many jackets as I could find. I got a toboggan. I got So we started riding over, and I got in the back. I was, it was my job to get in the back. Adam's driving down the road. Eric's up front, and he looks down, and, and uh, Adam's got this little toy gun. 
He's like, oh, what is it? And Eric picks up this toy gun. He goes, what is this? He goes, oh, man, this is a little gun that I had for something. I can't remember what he was doing. I think it was a pellet gun is actually what it was. And he said, I, I shoot the, uh, he, we all lived out in the country. He said, uh, I, I shoot the uh, 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 squirrels away from my dad's corn on the cob or something. I don't know. It's just something, <laughs> something stupid. I don't remember what it was. He's like, I got, so it's just something dumb. And Eric goes, watch this. Ha, ha, ha. And the school bus starts driving by us like this. right? At Eric stands up in the front seat. I mean, he's just like. We're driving in the, in, in, the, in the Jeep, and I'm in the back, and, and we're all driving. Adam's driving, and Eric's right here, and he goes, watch this. Ha, ha, ha. What's up, y'all? As the bus is driving back, he goes, pow, 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 like he's killing kids. We get to school, and I think nothing about it. I'm, I mean, I'm just, a, I'm just dumb. I'm 18 and dumb, which you also will be or are. There is no way around it. 18 and dumb go together. It is the label and it is unbreakable. We get to school and uh, there was this other kid who also dro drove a Jeep, just like Adams, and he was just a hellion. His name was Daniel. I get into chemistry class in sixth period and Daniel comes into class. He's just mad. He comes in. He's always mad, but I could get him to laugh. Don't you like, don't you like the one guy that nobody can get to laugh and you can make him cut? He comes in class, he slams down his books. It's like, what's your problem, dude? Because, man, I've been in the principal's office all day. <laughs> so, why you been in the principal's office? He said, man, they came, the cops came and searched my car for a freaking gun. I ain't got no guns. I got a gun in my car. So, what are you talking about? So, man, they said that I was threatening a bus driver to kill kids. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking I said, what are you talking about? And he went, man, they said this. Out on uh, what's the name of our road? The big long, big long road. No, the, we're coming right out. But anyway, uh, Walker Walker Lane. He said, "Man, out on Walker Lane, I don't even come Walker Lane." Said this jeep was going by and like shooting gun at a bus driver. Said, "Man, I'm trying to drive. I can't be doing that. I don't even know what they're talking about." Man, I told them people forget them. Walked out. I was like, "Yeah, sure you did." And then all of a sudden, it occurred to me in my head. I went. My God, that's us. We're going to go to jail. And I told him, I said, man, don't tell anybody. He was this kind of guy. He, was, he, he, was, he wasn't going to rat anybody out. He's like, he's like, no way. Snitches get stitches. He was, he was the kind of guy. I said, dude, that was us. It was me and Adam Plant and Eric Potter. And he goes, there ain't no way they're going to come and get Adam Plant. But Dan and so there was this label that no way Adam was going to get caught for getting in trouble, and Daniel did get in trouble. And he got in trouble. He got, he got stuck in the principal's office all day because that's what labels do. Labels define us, who we are. And Mary had to break loose from this idea that she had seven demons in her life. Jesus said, they're gone, Mary, they're gone. And he continued to remind her over and over and over again. And many of you have labels on your life. You've bought into what your parents, what your friends, what your teachers, what other people in your life of influence have allowed you to become. And it's not who you are. It's not who you are. You don't have to be that person. But it's hard. I did something, um, Joel and I did something uh, several years ago at Beach Freak. It was, it was pretty cool. In fact, I'm going to ask how many of you remembered, a handful of you will remember this. Uh, we had a speaker there. His name was Mike. And Mike said, I want you to, um, 
I want you to relabel or rename your kids, and I want you to draw a word on their wrist and, uh, and tell them, this is, who I, this is who God is calling you to be right now. And, we rena- and, and uh, I found out uh, over the last several years that everybody that we've ever done that remembers it. It was a very memorable time. You know, Jesus called, he, he renamed all kinds of people in the Bible. The Bible's filled with these guys and these ladies who had names and they were renamed because God said, I don't want you to be that person anymore. There was a guy in the Bible, his name was Simon. He was an apostle. He was a disciple. And Simon has this idea behind it that it's like the shifty sand. And God said, I don't want you to be shifty. Jesus said to him, I don't want you to be shifty anymore. I want you to be a rock. I want you to be somebody that we can depend on. He said, I'm going to rename you Peter, which in the Greek is Petra, which in the, the greatest rock, Christian rock man of all time, which in the Greek means a rock. And he renamed him Peter. There's a guy in there whose name was Saul. And because he was such a terrible um, uh, uh, persecutor of Christians, God said, you can't be Saul anymore. People know you as a persecutor of Christians, as a murderer. I've got to change your name. Your name is now going to be Paul. There's another guy in the Old Testament. His name was Jacob, which meant liar. And God said, your name can't be liar. I don't want it to be liar anymore. I want it to be Israel, chosen. So we decided to, we were going to put names inside of people. Not, not inside, but oh, we we're going to write them and say, man, this is what we believe about you. I'm just curious, how many of you were, how many of you have ever been part of a renaming time that we had? How many of you remember that? I'm, I'm just curious, if I ask you right now, do you remember what we wrote? Do, you, if, do all of you remember? I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. I want you to tell me what it is, okay? I want you to tell me out loud. Because I want to show you. I want to show you how powerful it is. This was, what was it, about five years ago? Is it at least five years ago? It might have been longer. 2010. Is it at least four years ago? <laughs> but it was four years ago. I'm curious if you remember. What was it, Landon? And it was? Good. What was yours? Good. Who else? Hannah? Nice. I'll probably come up with that. Who else was it? Who else? Who else remembers? Sarah? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Who else? Who else remembers? Katie, were you in that? Salmon? Peace. Anybody else remember that? So everybody that was part of it still remembers. Shannon, do you have one? No, but you just show me your muscle. Fair enough. We did do that a, a year or two later. You remember that, Nikki? What was yours? Good. Good. <laughs> I renamed him Priority. <laughs> no, I know it all. It meant something. We always told you what it meant. Yeah, good. Because when we get a new identity in Christ, it means something to us. When we get a new identity, because when people tell us, this is what I see in you, this is what I believe in you, this is what I believe God sees in you and wants to bring out of you, it means something to us. And tonight, God is speaking inside of a handful of you in this room, if not all of you. He's saying these simple words to you. He said, you're not who you think you are. You're not who the enemy tries to remind you that you are supposed to think you are. You're not that young man and you're not that young lady. Instead, I see purpose and destiny and vision and dreams. I see a change. I see a commitment. And just because your friends haven't seen it yet, just because you're, the people you run around with haven't seen it yet, you have, a, you have an opportunity to change. And I'll give you every tool necessary to change. Tonight, I'd ask that you bow your heads. I want to pray for you. And here's what I want to ask you. I want to ask something very simple tonight. I just want to say, if you would say this, Pastor Jeremy, I have a reputation that I don't like. And if God will help me, I want him to change it. I don't want to be that name anymore. I don't want to be that label anymore. I don't think that that was ever me, but somehow I just allowed people to say, this is who you are, and I've lived into it, and I'm ready to change. And if God will help me, I want to change. If that's you tonight, I want you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you tonight. Would you lift it? I don't want to be that person.
Lift it just a nudge higher. I want to see who all I'm praying for. Let, let me see. Good. Good, good, good. Father, tonight you see the young men and the young ladies who have raised their hands. God, sometimes we... It's easier for us to believe who everybody else says that we are instead of who you say we are. But tonight, I ask that you speak deeply inside of young men and young ladies, inside of adults even in this room, and tell us who you say we are. God, let us begin to live into the person that you say that we are, into the person that you think that we are, into the person that you dream inside of us that we are. God, will you believe inside of teenagers tonight and, and then give them the trust that that's what you're doing? Change us tonight. Change young people. Amen.